Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. My guest, she's on hold. I'm ready to introduce her. My guest is Chief Judge Magistrate Cassandra Kirk. Over her career, Judge Kirk spearheaded the creation of two accountability courts, Juvenile Drug Court and Misdemeanor Mental Health Court. Her mission with magistrate courts is to increase accessibility and create a court that informs, engages, and empowers our community. It's really important. Putting people first requires a substantial change on how the court functions and Judge Kurt strives to tackle each obstacle. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Chief Judge Magistrate Cassandra Kirk. How you doing, Judge? I am wonderful. How are you today? <laughs> well, I tell you right now, your energy's up there and I love it. Uh, first of all, being a judge, I got to, you know, I've, 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 I've you know, Judge Joe Brown, uh, Judge Mathis, you know, I, 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 uh, Judge Maybelline, I've interviewed a lot of judges. They are all celebrities. And the reason I have to ask this question because you are a judge and people see things on TV. Now, do they come right. to, do you have to deal with that television judge atmosphere in your real courtrooms? So I think people would like to believe they get to behave the way people do on TV. They don't. So I think when you say, do we have to deal with it? Right. Um, we have an opportunity to help people understand that this is not TV and it is real life. And so, when, you, not. when you say, not. so when you say that, meaning that there are people who come in there, I'll quote acting silly or acting like unprofessional and you have to check them, right? Or, you know, hit the gavel a couple of times and let them know you're in a real court. <laughs> there are no cameras in this room. We, if we if we if we gonna say cut, we gonna go to we gonna go to out that door and go into jail. You have to remind periodically, but it's not all the time, right? It is hardly ever, but every once in a while, people are a little more dramatic than they believe. Like just real life needs to needs for them to be. So, yeah, you know, and you deal with. We it. like people to be themselves. We also like us to be able to conduct court orderly and in some manner where people get some justice. Now. Uh, this is a educational call for me. Okay, I okay. Okay, you have. Are you? Do you deal with small claims? We do. Okay, less cool. than fifteen thousand. That's exactly one of our sweet spots. Okay, fifteen thousand. That's pretty. Fifty. That's a. That's a real small claims number there. So if somebody got yes, any yes. any judgment against somebody that's up to fifteen thousand, they can come into your court. 
They absolutely can. They can file in our court. They can represent themselves. We call them self-represented litigants. They can come look at our pamphlets, look at our videos, come talk to our REACH Clinic attorney who will help navigate them through the process. Absolutely they can. If they cannot afford an attorney, we want them to be able to represent themselves. So so you're telling me that in small claims you can have an attorney represent you? You could if you had... Yes, if you had that kind of money, you absolutely could. <laughs> well, I, I mean, $15,000, I think that's that's a that's a number right there that means that you can bring somebody in to talk for you because that's a big number. I, my court, I'm from Houston, Texas. I think I think when I went into small claims, it stopped at maybe $5,000, you know. That was the most at the oh, time. No. You know, that was now so when you say $15,000, I'm going, "Wow, that's a huge number." And so <laughs> so you're telling me, judge, and I'm really getting this when i heard this clear because i want anybody you say you have videotapes of videos that yes. people can watch that can help them so we fight. have absolutely okay. yes sir absolutely didn't mean to cut you off we do on our website magistratefulton.org we have a section that is called our visual information center people can find a couple of things on that they can find um videos that actually or i guess they're links to videos that tell them what court is about what's going to happen in that section and we have pamphlets, so everyone's not a visual learner. Some people need to read it for themselves. We've got pamphlets, and if you get to our website, we have a chat bot that's down at the bottom that will help you navigate our website. We want to make it easy. Well, you know, the thing about it, you know, when you're dealing with law, um, you know, I've had uh, I've had tickets. I've had a couple of tickets where, you know, I, I felt I wasn't, I shouldn't have not gotten a ticket. Do you deal with those? You know, when you go in and say we do not do traffic tickets, okay, so that's no, a different court. That's tickets. a different court. And so, so that, I apologize. Absolutely. Yep. Nope, that's fine. It could either be city of Atlanta or whatever the municipality is traffic court. Right. Um, or it could be a state court citation, but uh, it's not. us. OK, cool. So let's get it down. I gave you this, this title, Chief Judge Magistrate Cassandra Kirk. What does the magistrate court do? Absolutely. And so my title is Chief Magistrate Judge. Oh, um, wow. Anyway, Magistrate Court, that's okay. Magistrate Court Let does. Let me change a lot that right now because I don't want to say that bad again because, you know, you are a judge, okay? <laughs> but I am also a person and I, I'm good, right? I'm good with the fact that you got my first name and my last name. I know who I am. Mm-hmm. So we do criminal as well as civil. And I want to talk on our criminal side. People might know the first half of what we do kind of criminal. Right. I, I say that's kind of our triage lane. So we do search and arrest warrants 24-7, 365. Then we do warrants. Um, then we do first appearance six days a week. So that's kind of the criminal that everyone knows us for. The other parts of criminal that we do are warrant applications where citizens in the state of Georgia can actually come in and say, hey, I believe that someone has committed a crime against me and I want to apply for a warrant. So this is not the police officers applying for the warrant. This is citizen on citizen applying for a warrant. So we have hearings for those. We also do. Oh, so right right there. So judge. Okay. So you're telling me I can go in and say and, and get somebody arrested? Apply? That's what you so just if said? if you have some evidence, you can absolutely okay, apply. Okay, you have okay. to have some basic information. Okay, what is evidence, though? What is evidence? Pictures? Uh, uh, injuries? Yeah. What is evidence? 
Absolutely. You need to be able to tell us that it happened in the jurisdiction where we sit. So for us, it would be somewhere in Fulton County that you have the individual that it was committed against, that there is a crime that has been committed, um, and you can identify the person that did it. And so if you have those in some sort of form, it can be video, it can be writing, it can be um, testimony of other people. If you've got evidence, we will consider that evidence, make a determination whether there is probable cause to believe that the individual you are accusing actually did that offense, and then we will move forward with a warrant. That means that person may be taken to the jail if it is a fingerprintable offense. So, yes, we do hearings on that, yeah, probably twice or three times a week. Wow, that sounds... I've uh, I've heard of citizen's arrest. Now, that's different, yeah. right? So this is not a citizen's arrest. The citizen does not actually ad- arrest the person. What the citizen does is come and file an application for mm. the individual to have a hearing to see if they will be arrested. So the citizen does not have the authority to grab somebody and take them somewhere. That's not what this is. Okay, this well. is a due process hearing where people get noticed, you show up, you can defend yourself, or you can at least hear the evidence against you before an arrest warrant is issued. Okay, I have, one, I have this question citizen. that just came in. What's the difference between filing a warrant and a police report? So a police report, so there's two different things. The police, the citizen warrant application process is citizen on citizen. There are no police officers involved generally. You may be able to bring a police officer as a witness, um, but that's not where, if the police officer is filing it, they are going directly to our electronic warrant system. So that's our connection with the police officer. So that's different. The filing of a police report has absolutely nothing, is not really headed to us. Right. It's necessarily maybe something people are doing for their insurance or something, mm. but that's not necessarily coming to us. Mm-hmm. It can come to us as evidence if someone gets it put in correctly, but not ordinarily. Like that's not where they come. If it's a police report, it's probably going through the um, electronic warrant through the regular system. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it makes sense because, like I said, uh, the whole world of, um, you know, the judicial system, because uh, you are uh, an elected official, you know, because I hear, I hear always these I things like, so you are elected official. Okay. How does that process work? And let me ask you this. If you're an elected official, how does that, how does that, you know, you, the judicial system, because you're supposed to be impartial. How does that work, yep. you know, in, in being that you're seeking elections or you, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to make sure I'm not saying anything wrong, but it seems like it seems like the Supreme Court, you know, they're there for life. And so they're put in the position yeah. to not be tainted. Of course, we've heard a lot of rumors about Judge <laughs> Clarence Thomas <laughs> and what he's doing. Not but right, So he may be breaking a lot of yeah, rules, but we can't remove him. In your case, you have to get out there and as they say, rally the votes, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I was appointed in 2014 by Governor Nathan Deal, and that gave me a four-year term. In 2018, I had to actually run for re- for election. And then in 2022, I had to run for re-election. And you are correct. It is a matter of being in the community and asking for votes, not just asking for votes, but also asking for money, support, endorsements of the very same people that may come before the court. I obviously cannot make any <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, but it sounded, it sounded really funny. You know, yeah. you know, people out there, you asking for money. Next thing you know, they sit in front of your court. Right. Uh, now, that, yeah. has that happened? I've just got to ask that question. Has that happened? 
So it has not happened to me. I do know that in Georgia there are certain classes of courts where there are where the judges are elected. So not all the judges in Georgia are elected. Uh-huh. Our Supreme Court is elected. Our Court of Appeals is elected. Our Superior Court judges are elected. Our court of what is it? Our state court judges are elected. Our chief magistrate judges are elected, and then we in turn appoint however many judges our circuit sustains. And so in Fulton, for me, that's 30 judges I get to appoint. Um, municipal court judges are appointed in at city of Atlanta through a retention election. Mm-hmm. Um, in other cities, there's a different formula. So it just really depends on what type of judge you are for the state. But you are correct. Our federal judges are appointed for life up and down the state, up and down the jurisdiction. And so they don't they, they miss that piece of the fun. Okay, let me ask you this. So I got because you got me, you got me diving in. I came off with a little levity talking about you know I've never interviewed a real judge. I've only interviewed celebrity judges and all these things. But the reality yeah, is yeah, the court yeah. system is important, and it's important to understand yeah. you going in there and getting the right justice that you deserve. Now during right. COVID, during COVID, we all mm-hmm. I I had a couple of cases that got just pushed off and just got pushed off. And then because you're delaying justice or delaying relief because I wasn't going to court because I wanted to go to court. I was going to court to try to get a remedy to get money to recover. How did that impact your judicial environment trying to, you know, get people in? Because was it was you via Zoom all the time? How did that work? So. COVID was a unique situation. COVID was probably one of the rare situations where our state Supreme Court, as well as the governor, stepped in and basically said, look, we're in statewide judicial emergency. We are going to ask everyone not to bring people in because court's not something where you can get some you can get a summons and kind of decide not to come. Right. We send people with guns to bring you if you choose not to come. And so that gave everyone an opportunity, probably three months to figure out how we were going to be able to come back. And so in Fulton County and the magistrate court and most of the courts in Fulton County, what we did was we started having court on Zoom. We had court on Zoom until, wow, there are we are still having some courts on Zoom. I can tell you that from January 1, 2019, until I have numbers from October 3rd, 2023, we had over 328,000 cases filed in the Magistrate Court of Fulton County. As of October 3rd, which was a month ago, we had closed 290,000 of those cases. So we have been working in person as well as on Zoom. Those cases that are not hearings, we've been working on Zoom so that we can actually get more of our cases closed and have people continue to be safe. So right now what we are looking at is whether or not that next wave of COVID is going to cause us to, again, return to all calendars on Zoom. And for me, and I I just really want to be able to see people when they're in court. I don't really want to see people on the screen. It's hard to judge credibility. It's hard to judge, just kind of hard to judge what people are telling you looking at a screen. Right. And so it, it is my desire and my passion that our court have all of our hearings, all trials, actually on in person. Um, I think it gives everyone a better sense of what's going on, and it lets people truly be heard. Wow. I'm talking to uh, Chief Magistrate 
Judge Cassandra Kirk. I got it correct, right, Judge? Because what you were not going to do, Judge, is come look look after me. You know. McDonald, yes, sir. Thank you very much. When we come back, uh, I want to appreciate you. When we come back, I want to hear more about your motto, informs, engages, and empowers. We're speaking to Absolutely. Chief Magistrate Judge Cassandra Kirk, and you're listening to Money Making Conversation Masterclass. And we'll be right back. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, What's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Jermaine Dupri is a hit maker, songwriter, rapper, entrepreneur, record executive, DJ, and we're always having an opinion about music. But we discuss making mailbox money during the pandemic. 
COVID hit and that's where the attention went. It went straight to my mailbox. That's what I am. I'm a songwriter that's written songs that goes to the mailbox and picks up <laughs> that, 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 that mailbox check every month or every whatever it comes. You know, you mm-hmm. don't know, you know, I, you don't know how frequent it is, but if you write enough records and you write mm-hmm. enough hit records, that check is definitely there. And it's mm-hmm. another one that comes right after that. And it's another one that comes right after that. And mm-hmm. I think for the first time in my career, this is the first time that I actually paid attention to that because I always was getting money so many multiple places. If you want to hear this full interview with Jermaine Dupree, visit MoneyMakerConversations.com. Keep winning. HBCUs represent Black excellence. If you attend or are an alumnus of an HBCU, we want to hear about your story. The My HBCU Story Digital Library will allow current HBCU students and alumni to share their stories. More information is available at hbcucollegeday.com. You can upload a photo. The photo can be recent or from when you attended your HBCU. More information is available at hbcucollegeday.com. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. On the phone, uh, she's still here. My 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 questions have always been about the reality of the legal system because the legal system, uh, Judge Kirk, always gets a bad rap. It also has to deal with what people yeah. see on TV where there's law and order and all these different judge shows and all hell and yeah. these things. So does that, and I, I kind of start off a little bit in the early uh, part of it talking about the, you know, the court judges, the small claims court judges that, yeah. you, that are popularized it, but it's still the, the, the judicial system kind of gets plagiarized. Can I say that word a lot by film and television, correct? They make um, comparisons. Yes. 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 Now, does that frustrate you, or it doesn't bother you at all? This part of the process. Not at all. Not at all. And so, I would say I would hope that it brings in more people to the profession. Yes, ma'am. And I think it makes it kind of accessible for people to say, like, if this person can do this, certainly I can do it. Right. And so, I would hope that it brings more people into the profession. And the reason I said I brought that up because your mission is to increase accessibility. When you use the word accessibility to the court system, what is that? Because let's be real, from the minority community, the judicial mm-hmm. system, the police system, yeah. it's always been a red flag that we walk in there. We are not, I will tell you my good friend, my good friend, Benjamin Crump, he's always told me this, Rashawn, if you sit in the back room of a court, you will see two legal systems. Mm-hmm. And one for people of color is not, the same as people who are not. And that has always been a disturbing motto that has been mm-hmm. in our community, of people of color, especially African-Americans. Yeah. That's something you being an African-American judge have to deal with. How do you deal with that? So the great way that I deal with that is when I first came, so this court was created in 2013, 2014 by the state legislature. Right. So this court is a brand new court. And so the good thing is, that means that I get to set the policy for this court. I get to set 
how it is we interact with the community. And I have an amazing group of judges that work with me and all believe in giving back. Like that's kind of how you get to be on our bench. It's not that you are a wonderful, fantastic legal mind, and many of them are, but it is also that they are connected to the communities that we serve. And so when I first started, I told you about the things that magistrate court is required to do. I talked to you about those case types, but there are the things that magistrate court in Fulton County gets to do. So the things where we get to connect to our community, we have a misdemeanor mental health court, which gives those individuals with misdemeanors an opportunity. And that's with other justice agencies, with our solicitor, with our public defender, with our behavioral health. That gives us an opportunity to give those individuals with misdemeanors and that have mental health just a little collateral support so they are not dropped back out on the street hoping that they don't pick up a new charge. We have created a REACH clinic, Rapid Education Assistance Court Health Clinic. It's a consumer clinic that provides small claims, garnishment, and warrant application assistance for individuals coming in. Because remember, our court is a court where there are a lot of self-represented litigants. I believe people ought to be empowered with information in order to be able to move their cases. So we have a senior staff attorney that helps people navigate. We have law students that are volunteering in that clinic. We are going to open it up to the public to help us just kind of deal with the volume, but that is one of the things. One of the other things we are doing is our Magistrate Court 101, where we are actually going and bringing our court into the community and teaching with the library system support. We are teaching in our local libraries about me, um, sorry, about small claims, about garnishment, and about our warrant application cases. We have, and we've been working with the Atlanta Volunteer Lawyers Foundation to make sure that there is a tenant clinic on site for those individuals that have landlord-tenant matters. The landlord-tenant cases are cases that move in about seven days. You have seven days from the time you are served to file an answer. That's a fast-moving piece of the law, and Atlanta Volunteer Lawyers Foundation has decided to come on site. They've been with us now probably for about five or six years, and they provide that service free, again, a navigation service for individuals. Our court has an intern program. We have always had interns, and we are thankful because we are slightly understaffed, but we do interns, externs, we do high school, um, high school, college, law school. We've got them all. What else do we get to do? We get to do free weddings, right? So we do free weddings um, <laughs> on Valentine's Day. We do free weddings on the holidays, but we also do free weddings every other Thursday. And then there is the joy. We have a new program that is called Bang the Gavel, a court day lunch and learn program. And we have done that starting in March, where we have invited high school students into our court to interact with our judges, to observe court, to have lunch with us so they get to meet our judges, but they also get to have that spark of, look, if she or he can do it, I can do it too. And so these last two groups that we've had, we just had a group of young men that came that were with us through the Department of Juvenile Justice, and one of them said, like once he came up and started doing the mock trial portion of it, he was brilliant. Everybody was just absolutely um, taken aback. And he said, this was something that I wanted to do, but I didn't know. I just didn't know if I could keep doing it. And so that was somebody we were able to encourage. And I hope that that is what we will continue doing. So I know that was a long way, but so we do what we are required to do. But I am thankful and grateful that I have judges that want to help us do more judges and staff that want to help us do more than just the basics. Well, you I think know, that's uh, what we owe well, you know, you know, if I ever wondered why you have been reelected, 
You you told me right there. You're articulate. You have a point of view, and that's all important. And I think they have a yeah. and you have a sense yeah. of humor because in this world that we live in, it is such a you know like you brought up COVID, you know, and we, and and a lot of people think COVID is gone, and COVID is is like they they've said has been on the rise in this country, not to the level to shut down this country, but it still is a problem. Yeah. And but you are like, hey, Rashawn, I would prefer not to go into the Zoom world because in a way that's yeah. really not giving the person. The fair justice, you know, because it's a little bitty screen, you know, body language, all those things that play negatively on a little bitty screen because the person is disconnected too. Cause they're looking at a camera and, and, and can't even really see you can look at the camera, look over there, see a monitor. So that way of justice is never going to work for anybody. But when you navigate through the system and you talk about community assistance, let's talk about as we wrap up this interview, you could probably say that inform, engage and empower our community. Is it engaging yes, through information? Is it informing with information, empowering them through results? What does inform, engage, and empower? So inform, the first part of that is making sure for each of the case types that we have something, and it is mainly our website. The first thing I did when I came on board in 2014 was to create our website. It has gone through several iterations now, thanks to um, grants from the National Center for State Courts. But our website is the first pass for anybody that wants to know what's happening at our court. We have frequently asked questions. We have what this case type is. And, it, and again, I mentioned the videos, the, video, the Visual Information Center. We have a newsletter that we put out. But it is the, the first part is the informing people what it is. And then the engage. We are on social media. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We want to be on those places where people are looking for information. We are there, right? We want to bring our information to people where they are. And then the empowers, making sure that people have what they need in order to operate our systems. It is all for us about exactly that, informing, engaging, and empowering our community. And that is the whole community of Fulton County, North Fulton, South Fulton, East, West, the whole thing. <laughs> we want to make sure that we give everybody what they need. And so I have to say that we also have a really great um, collaboration. We have Dr. Rashad Ritchie, who basically um, supports our, like pays for lunch for our Bang the Gavel kids. That's right. something that his show does. We've got other community people that say, hey, how can I help? We had Partnership for Community, um, Partnership for Community, ah, PSE, um, Nathaniel Smith's group that provided us a place to hold um, weddings this time, we've had um, Ali Event Center that has provided us space for holding weddings on Valentine's Day. Wow, and wow. so, like, when the community says, hey, I've got space, you come there. It, it, may, it means a lot for us. To be Judge Kurt, to- I want to thank you for coming on the show. You're fantastic in your pronounce, uh, uh, pronunciation of how this community can work for us all, people of color, African-American people, people who are not a people of color. This, this court is for the people. And I want to appreciate you for educating me, having fun with me, and also with my little levity moments. And important, most importantly, you know, keep doing what you're doing and don't change. It's important. It is it's my honor to join you. Thank you for having me. And welcome, and you will definitely be back because I need education and my audience needs to hear your voice. <laughs> Keep winning, okay? This is Rashawn McDonald, and you're listening to Money Making Conversation Masterclass. Bye-bye. Let me tell you about the host of Money Making Conversations, Rushan McDonald. Rushan's a two-time Emmy Award winner, three-time NAACP Image Award winner, sitcom writer, stand-up comic, and former IBM executive. 
Thank you for joining us for this edition of Money Making Conversations Masterclass. Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald is produced by 3815 Media Inc. More information about 3815 Media Inc. is available at 3815media.com. And always remember to lead with your gifts. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.